What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. You're listening to The First Mint, a podcast where I talk about NFTs and the world of Web3. The podcast comes out every Monday morning and occasionally on Wednesdays. If you like this content and you want some more, feel free to visit our Twitter page at The First Mint. So my guest today is Marcus Blaschen, and he is the director of marketing for The Sandbox, which you may know, it's a massive, massive like metaverse thing. You, you can buy land. Um, it, it's literally the leading metaverse project in terms of like building land and creating this like really cool gamified kind of Minecraft experience. But he's also the founder of Rumble Kong League, which is a really popular PFP project with like a, a really intense uh, following. Anytime we talk about it on Twitter, they go absolutely berserk. So I, I know this firsthand. Um, and they're also one of the first ones out of the gate. But more importantly, outside of all that, Marcus is a gamer and actually started his career um, like having stints at like Blizzard and stuff like that. But he started it from how much he loved to play video games and you hear me like tease him a little bit about it uh, on this show but he's legit like he started as a gamer and now he works in play to earn so his point of view on where play to earn is going and what he's trying to build both as a brand and as a game to me is really vital because personally for me I'm really not sure about play to earn right it's like a lot of people are saying hey we're making a game with our project but also you go on the internet you go on reddit and like gamers freaking hate nfts like they don't want nfts in their games so to me you know similar to last week's podcast i'm like well there's kind of a disconnect here where the business of video games is a little bit different than the business of nfts so how how do you reconciliate those two right so marcus to me was the was the perfect person to talk to and he's got some great stuff coming out at rkl rumble call league uh, in the next couple weeks so he'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the show. We had a few technical difficulties for this one, so if there's some some bleeps and blops here and there, uh, bear with us um, because it was it was a bit of a journey to get this one out the door due to a few upload problems, but we got it. Marcus is a fantastic guest, really hilarious, awesome dude. So listen to my chat with Marcus on the first minute. Ladies and gentlemen of the First Mint, we got Marcus today. He does many things in the space, many things that you probably have seen, and he's got a huge background in the gaming world. I'm very excited to have Marcus. Marcus, this is actually the third time you're on the First Mint. You've never been on the podcast specifically, but we've had you. You've been a huge part of our two events for First Mint Fest when you were talking about Sandbox and Basketball Blockchain Week to talk about Rumble Kong League. Both were live events. This is the first time we recorded you on the first mint. How are you doing, man? What's going on? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Actually, you're right. I, I just uh, made the connection. Like the first time, like the first mint event was last mm -hmm. year. Um, it's a long time ago, like a decade in the space. But uh, I have good memories of it. It was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm excited to talk with you again. I always like to think that the first Mint Fest kicked off the massive NFT bull run in August because we were that first week of August, right? And NFTs had been slow in July 2021. And then, like, you know, even if you use, like, Bored Apes as, like, the, you know, the marker, it's, like, 
at the start of August, apes were like 10 ETH, and at the end, it was mutants, and they were like 70. And it was just, that was like, at the end of August, was like Visa, bought a punk, all that stuff. So I like to think that That's First Mint, it, it was all because of First Mint Fest, obviously. It's all because of you. It's like, no, no, actually, like, I, I think so too. Like, before coming to this call, I was thinking the same. Like, I was like, First Mint Fest, like, this was the, this was the catalyst. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep telling ourselves that, man. Um, but dude, I'd love to hear, you know, for, for those that don't know you and, and even, I don't even know if we ever actually had this conversation uh, on any of the events that you've appeared on, Marcus, is like, how did you, how did you actually end up being in like crypto and gaming and stuff like that? Are you, are you one of the type of people who were like, I was into Bitcoin in 2013? Are, are you, are you, the, are you that person? <laughs> not at all, actually, not at all. Like in 2013, I don't even know what I was doing. I was doing wow rates, probably something like this. Like uh, <laughs> That's was, legit. That's legit was, to be saying that that's, yes. you're doing some Leroy <laughs> Jenkins kind of shit, man. That's, that's, that's what I want to hear. While everyone, while everyone was investing in Bitcoin, I was doing wow rates and uh, having my centralized item on, on a server. Um, oh. No, so actually I, my background is, um, I'm, I'm from, as, as my accent might give away, I'm, uh, I was born and raised in Berlin in Germany. And in 2008, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I was like, uh, like I said, I was playing a lot of World of Warcraft and a lot of video games. And I told myself I might as well uh, try to make money with this. And I applied to work at Blizzard, um, which worked out at the time. So it was just before like uh, Wrath of the Lich King, which I think was the biggest expansion. And uh, I had the opportunity to join them early when it came to like the, the premium, the paid model of uh, subscription models and, uh, and gaming. And um, I had the opportunity to join Blizzard. Uh, where I stayed for four years in the European publishing. So I, I learned a lot when it comes to how big corporations work and um, they, they had a big imprint on myself because like, I grew up with Blizzard games. So for me, it was a, it was a dream come true. Um, and I stayed there for four years before finding out about uh, something called free-to-play gaming, which um, at the time was uh, received very negatively. People were saying, like, why would I why would I?" play something for free and then spend money in it uh, i'd rather play premium titles mm-hmm. and i joined a free-to-play publisher called um wargaming where i stayed for like seven years and uh, i i had the opportunity again like uh, being there when free-to-play was was growing and booming and uh, became what it is right now like this huge uh, behemoth of the business model in the gaming space and I stayed there for seven years and I had enough of the, the corporate life and I wanted to get a bit of the like the startup experience. Mm. And I joined a French startup called Shadow. They were doing cloud gaming um, because at the time it was before Stadia, it was before like PlayStation Now. And uh, I saw a lot of momentum around like uh, the adoption of internet, like speed was coming like faster and faster, like much more people came like um, fiber optics and everything. And um, I wanted to get a bit of this uh, this new technology experience and I joined Shadow, which in the end was a great learning experience, but um, it did not work out as like some people that followed Stadia know that it did not work mm. as, uh, as intended. And um, during this time, I found out about, uh, I dabbled a bit, you know, in ETFs, like in stocks. And then you find out about um, like people doing 10x, 100x with crypto. And uh, <laughs> this was, I think it was 2019. And this was like my first entry point into this uh, into this space. And then 2020, I found out about NFTs. And I had this, this penny drop moment when I found out about play to earn and NFTs and uh I I was like I need to be like 
I need to be part of this. Like I saw like this the opportunity here. I had flashbacks of like I still have my World of Warcraft account. Like all the items are on there, but I can't do anything with it. Like it's it's not mine. And uh, I saw the feedback from a generic, like from a generic, from a general gaming audience about mm -hmm. play to earn, saying like, ah, this is this won't be this won't be anything. Like, why would I play something with a token on top of it, or like where I can earn something? And I had a I had a flashback into the early days of free to play, and I was like, I've seen that before, and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I decided I need to, I want to be part of it. And I met the co-founders of uh, the Sandbox, um, Sebastian Bourget uh, and Arthur Madrid, who right. I. Talk to um, end of 2020, yeah, and I joined the Sandbox um, in January 2021, mm -hmm. and then um, like yeah, then there was like that there was a Top Shot moments, the Beeple auctions, uh, bought Ape, uh, minted, um, the rest is, is like Axie had the had this huge impact in the Philippines and uh, like mm -hmm. around the world to be honest, and um, I was uh, fortunate enough to to join like before all of this um, happened and been essentially been thrown into the the cold waters of web3 and um, and I'm still still swimming in there and um, a bit less than one year ago I co-founded my um, the own project called Rumble Kong League which is a 3v3 basketball um, game that we're that we're currently developing so I did that while being at the sandbox I had the opportunity like very supportive co-founders that were like like it's a, it's a great space like this is a space to to be early and do something and um, they gave me the opportunity to to launch uh, rumble kong league at the same time while still being part of the sandbox so that's, this is my my career in a nutshell dude that's 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 wonderful it's it's great to see you know and i've noticed that in the space too is that um, whatever project it is, you know, if you work at like a company, especially something that typically would be like, oh, this is, you know, this is a big corporation. They're going to do things in a really corporate way. What we're seeing, and, and you're a really good example of it, is that even the people that work there are encouraged to develop their own initiatives and pursue them, right? And I think yes. that that is, yes. that is, that's what's really wonderful. And obviously, we're in a builder space. We're in a startup space, right? So that is, it's really important to foster that, that culture of innovation. Um, but it's really great to hear, you know, that, that they were very supportive of that, despite, you know, you being like they're new, like you're supposed to be <laughs> doing the marketing for Sandbox, which you were. <laughs> uh, but they were like, yes, of course, please go build your own project as well. Um, is really is really great to see, and even uh, one example that I learned about that recently was um, ENS domains was just started by a guy who was working at the Ethereum Foundation and just started doing that as a side hustle, and then eventually they just gave him like a huge a huge amount of funding to go pursue ENS domains and create it. And I just thought that that was that's so cool to for people to come up with their own projects and then for their current employer to to really support it, right? Um, and and hopefully we can keep that culture going. Yeah, no, it's a great part, and I'm, I'm super thankful for like both for Arthur and uh, and Sebastian. And uh, it's really the space. Like honestly, I love this space because, as you said as well, it's it's uh, it's it's fostering like it's builders, it's people that have like different backgrounds. It's really this little like this still little tight knit group of people like all different backgrounds and we just want to like work together and, uh, and develop the space and you see that in all the projects that are coming up like of course the space evolved a lot from where it was 12 months ago and um, like back then it was like it's it's still wild west but 12 months ago it was very much wild west like when you think back of like the early days of top shot like zed run all of this like actually it was a uh, was a lot of fun and it still is a lot of fun and when people ask me 
like the question that I ask a lot, like uh, getting asked a lot is like, how do you, how do you juggle like Sandbox and, uh, and RKL at the same time? So um, the answer is like, With a, with a lot of less sleep than I had before. But at the same time, I'm having so much fun building in this space, like interacting with the community, talking to people, meeting new people, because like everyone has the same field of interest. Like everyone is like very, like super passionate about NFTs, mm -hmm. about Web3, about building, about like just following the passion. And it's it's all coming together in this space. And uh, like while it's long days and it's uh, at, at sometimes it's very like it's it's tiring and yeah, you you want you want to throw it all you want to throw all it out of the window and just do something where you don't do anything but uh, i love this space and uh, i i could not see myself like doing anything else uh, in the future or right now and it's just uh, it's great i want to actually roll all the way back marcus to what you were saying at the beginning about your wow raids and for anybody that doesn't know wow is like world of warcraft right and and Were you like, were you a good gamer? Like, were you, I actually, I have never played WoW, so I actually don't know what the measuring stick is for WoW. Like if you're supposed to have like a really developed character or what that is, but were you like, can you just give me a sense of like how hardcore and also how accomplished of a gamer you were pri prior to starting to work in the gaming industry? I was, I was deep. <laughs> I was, uh, like, before I, before I played World of Warcraft, I was, uh, I was playing Starcraft, I was playing Warcraft 3 competitively. Like, I was on the, like, I was back then, I was living in Germany, I was going to school in Germany, and I was playing, like, competitively on the regional level, uh, Warcraft 3. <laughs> and then I got, uh, I got access to uh, World of Warcraft, like, very early. To give you an idea how early my account name was, at the time, was called 123. So I was very <laughs> early like, and um, and from that day on i i i just like i consumed this like i, I spent a lot of time there and uh, looking back like, back at it i spent too much time like doing this but um but it played a key role in in uh, where i'm today because like it uh, like I, i made i made connections on there that i still talk to today i met people like it was this 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 universe that is like all around uh, world of warcraft and uh, back then Like it was, it was around raids, which was like 40 men instances mm -hmm. where you all like you coordinate. You have healers, you have attackers, you have like uh, you have range and melee and all of this, and you come together like a couple of times in the evening and you, you you play together and you try to to beat dungeons together. And it's it's mm -hmm. a great, uh, it's a um, it's a community feeling. Like honestly, it's a uh, it has been it was been frowned upon at the time, but honestly, like I made great connections, I met great people. I was doing this competitively, trying to be the first on a server to beat like a certain boss or beat a certain dungeon but um this was like this was what i what i enjoyed and uh, it, it taught me a lot and then starting to work at the company that i already spent a lot of time playing was it literally it's a it was a dream job like and um i i would not do anything different than i was doing right now but my my focus of course shifted and uh, i was more and more interested into how How do you build such a game? Like, how do you market such a game? How do you how do you bring it to the like to to a large audience? Which World of Warcraft, like, even if you haven't played it, you heard of it. Like, there's a movie mm -hmm. about it. There's like there's games, and um, I learned like I learned tremendous amount of things from Blizzard, like just from their core values at the time and how they how they market, how they br bring lore to an audience and tell a story that goes beyond just hey press this button to do this but there's this whole universe behind and um but to answer the question yes i was i was very deep but as i got more and more involved into the space 
I got more and more fascinated by things happening behind and uh, like building games, building brands, building communities mm -hmm. that I, I'm still like pl playing games in my free time if I have the time, which right now doesn't happen a lot. But um, I was uh, I was a gamer all my life and I still consider myself a gamer and having the opportunity now to do this in the Web3 or NFT mm -hmm. space is um, like it's, it's still like I'm living I'm living my my dream job like still since uh, 14 years and it's uh, it's a great uh, opportunity that I appreciate a lot. So really what I wanted to ask is like how many Red Bulls did you drink per day back then? Too many. Too <laughs> many like Red Bulls. How many do you drink now? How many do you drink now Marcus though cuz you're doing so much. So do you drink more or more or less <laughs> like, Red Bulls today per day now than you did when you were a gamer? I reached a point where I I woke up and uh, you know I'm in my I'm in my mid 30s now and I woke up and I was like I can't do that stuff anymore like if I drink too many Red Bulls if I if I if I don't get my X hours of sleep a night like I can't function like a proper human being and yeah. um, I yeah. right now my 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 only drug of choice is a black coffee that I drink too much um, but um, it uh, mm. it's the only thing like Red Bull I stopped like all of this uh, this sugary Good. things and um, it's it's important as well. Like to, to take care of your body but uh the only yeah. lack that i get right now is sleep but uh it was like i think i drank too much red bulls that i'm still above the average today <laughs> <laughs> oh man when when are we gonna get red bull nfts that's my question that's that's one brand we haven't seen in here right a huge brand but um that's not that's, actually that's i love question. like from a brand perspective i love red bull like yeah red oh yeah just um like talking talking briefly about brand, they're just a, they're just a cool brand, you know. Like you have an you have an idea. I wanna I wanna jump off a building, land on my skis, and uh, do like a, I don't know like a kickflip on a skateboard wearing my skis. They're like, yes, do it. Like we're gonna give you a couple of cans, and you can do it. And I love this can do attitude that they're doing. Like okay, <laughs> so so wait, so hold on. So then if 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 okay, well how about this? Here's an open ended question for you. If let's say tomorrow like Red Bull calls and like Marcus, you we need you're the only person who can tell us what how we can enter the world of NFTs. What would you tell them? What should what should Red Bull make in I NFTs? I would tell them. I would tell them. And you them, can't, you hold you can't say you can't about, say partner. Like, you can't say you can't say partner with Rumble Kongs, okay? You can't say that doesn't. You're not allowed to say that. It has to be it has to be outside of that. Oh, yeah, but that's unfair. Like that's the that's the entry. That's the that's the top point to enter this space. Like partner with RKL with Rumble Kong League. <laughs> um, no, I think actually. So you might. I don't know how many listeners like been there like 12 months ago, but the space was very very different because a lot of brands like saw what was happening around like 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 Z, like Axie, like the Beeple auction, all of this. And they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do an NFT as well." And they did whatever. Like you had uh, you had brands that just did an art piece that they put as an NFT, they minted it, they put it on the blockchain, and they sold it. And were like, "Okay, now we now we're woke. Like now we're doing we're cool as well. Like we're doing NFTs." <laughs> but um, the, the space evolved, and it's like it moves more and more into utility. And you're doing something that actually adds value to the community, like to an audience that tells a story that is on brand for you. And you see like brands like like Adidas, like Gucci, all of them, they're doing things different now like it's about like bringing value to the to the user to the community and they're doing something that is really on brand which i love and i think that well mm. i think the fact that i'm working in working closely with two gaming project is is a sign already that i'm very much around like the utility of nfts mm. but um i think 
if you any brand, um, of course you should partner with Rumble Kong League. But if you do something on your own, I think it's it needs to be organic and it needs to be something that is really tied in with the with your brand DNA and with what you want to bring to the customer. And the the space right now, like they see through this. If it if it seems like uh, something that's just quickly made or I don't want to call it a cash grab, but you know what I mean. It needs to be like it needs to be organic. It needs to be thought through and it needs to be like thought in a long term, like just beyond the drop. Like what do you do after you do an NFT? Like how do you engage with the community? How do we bring value to this whole space? And uh, mm-hmm. it's not just about like having a nice uh, number on your on your annual revenue. So like really something that is organic. So I don't have an answer for Red Bull specifically, yeah. but I think like there's a lot of questions you have to answer yourself first. I feel like we haven't seen any beverage brands. I don't know. Now we're talking about beverages, but I, ha- you know, I had the Budweiser NFT when they did those cans, but I was not, I was not super impressed with what I was seeing in their Discord. So I did, I did end up selling it at a loss actually um, to recoup a bit of cash. But uh, I think there's been a few other ones. But are there any, are there any, and are there any just general brands, you know, coming from the marketing world? Are there any general brands that you've been impressed with what they've done so far? Hmm. I like what I like Adidas. What they're doing is cool. Like uh, they're a cool mm. brand. Like they get it. They do something good. Like they enter the space. Um, yeah. In terms of like beverages, you have Arizona Iced Tea. Actually, they did some cool stuff with oh. the Bored Apes. Um, they that, were the uh, first ones. Very, like they have a yeah yeah exactly. Like they were they were there early. They're doing some cool stuff. Um, other brands, it's. Um, yeah, there's actually there's a there's a lot. Yeah, you have the Gucci's as well, and Gucci are doing something with um I forgot the name now of the the wearable like 10 10 F- 10 KTF the, um, 10 KTF yes yeah. 10 KTF yeah yeah which is also like a project that I'm that I am <laughs> can't even remember the name but I'm following closely um, because I follow them <laughs> on Twitter and, and socials, but uh, there are some like there are some cool projects. What I'm very excited about is the whole like fashion the gaming area because i think there's a whole like a huge overlap in how can you like do something that is interoperable mm-hmm. like you have an nft mm-hmm. that can be your like your adidas tracksuit or like a sneaker or anything like this and how can this be activated and bring value to a completely different platform or audience or, or game and um, i think this is going to be huge like this whole avatar interoperability um digital fashion like this is something that i'm following very closely of course like also through rkl like it's gonna it's gonna play a key role for us but um i think this is something that a lot of people uh if i would make a recommendation it would probably like focus on digital fashion and see where this is going because there's a lot of movement and a lot of really cool projects out there that are working on this I'm I'm really curious about that, Marcus, because you know you you were you joined kind of NFTs January 2021. I was in around July or August 2020, and for both of us, I don't think either of us or really anybody who was in NFTs almost exactly a year ago. It's April 22nd when we're recording this. Um, when Apes sold out on like April 30th, and we're coming up on the one year anniversary there. It's like I never saw like the PFP craze coming, right? Like I was into NFTs and I was like, oh, sandbox is cool. Like I'll own digital land as part of this kind of Minecraft style game. Uh, Top Shot's cool. It's like taking card collecting and put it on blockchain and adding all these interesting features to it. Uh, there's a lot of other, I don't know, different programmable art and, and uh, you know, lots of different kind of interesting projects coming out. But I never ever, ever thought that PFPs would be like the main battering ram through which like the mainstream really started to think about NFTs, even to the point now where like mainstream kind of hates NFTs as well because of apes being so valuable or, or whatever. 
I just never expected that, which is why, like, when apes came out and people started changing their profile photos, I was like, okay, like that's that's an interesting trend that'll last maybe a couple weeks, but that that can't that can't sustain because that's kind of that just doesn't seem like it's part of the narrative of what's going to happen here. And at the time, the only people who had PFPs were like really weird anon people who had a punk as their PFP and then people who liked Avastars. And like that was it. Like there was no other PFPs. I, everybody just had a photo of their face just like they've been doing on social media for like 15 years, right? Or a photo of them at the top of a mountain or whatever, whatever crap you have as your, your normal PFP <laughs> yeah. that isn't NFTs. But now it's like every project and even you guys, right? It's like, it's like every project, even if they're not a PFP, releases a PFP at one point. So I guess what I'm coming back around to, Marcus, is just like, I have found that like what we as like industry insiders and builders and whatever are saying like, hey, this is the next big thing. It's like the market sometimes can just take what that narrative and totally flip it on its head and go in a completely different direction, right? Because like a year ago, Top Shot seemed like it was the yes. biggest thing in the world. And now it's like, oh, move over, man. Like apes is, you know, just literally <laughs> created a million dollars of value for every single person who bought one. Right. So I guess my question to you is how do you, um, you know, and, and we do, I do want to talk about Rumble Kong League a little, little later, but what, like, how do you as a builder and then also as a collector, like, how do you kind of try and figure out what, like, the macro and the micro, like, trends will be considering that the market can just totally take that in a different direction? Actually, I love I love what you said because like it's it's just a sign like this market is complete like, honestly like this market is completely unpredictable and nobody knows anything that's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, I remember I remember like because I'm I'm living in Europe, so when Bored Apes minted out and you had like a Pranksy doing like those 200 mints or anything like this, mm. um, I still actually I still remember I see myself where I was when I found out about like Bored Apes selling out, but when I when I checked the project and I learned about this, like it clicked, and I got my I got my board ape for 0.4 ETH. So it was something I'm very mm -hmm. proud of, and you know it's like it's cool. But um, for me, it made it it had this click of what is your digital identity and how do we want to be represented. But at the same time, like I agree with you, like I would have never, never expected that this is gonna this is gonna become like this this meter that now when you do a project, you have to do something that is a representation on social media, something that people see, something that uh, like other like other people on social media, they, they, they see and they say, hey, what's your PFP? What's your profile? Like, what is this project? Because it's something that when we started RKL and Rum like Rumble Kong League, we also were, were approaching it from a standpoint, like we want to do something that, that looks good, that looks high quality, something that you are proud of to put as mm -hmm. your profile picture, as your representation on social media, which is something that six months prior, we would have never uh, like thought this way. And of course, you have um, you have like the, 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 the real OGs in the space that we're like, yeah, as you mentioned as well, like, yeah, but we had our, our punk as pfp before and um they were like really the the pioneers of this space but um but end of the day like i think it's you have to be very active and i remember working in the gaming industry and anyone in the gaming industry like uh, that has not worked in web 3 they would tell you oh the gaming industry like it's so fast paced you really have to be on the edge and you really have to like always watch what's going on in the industry but yeah. anyone i recommend just spend a month in web 3 and you have no idea like this is this is like this is i don't know like gaming industry on asset like it goes so fast and what's what's hot this week can be something completely different next week and uh, mm -hmm. i think the most recent example is because like yeah, you said it's the 22nd of april like i we had moonbirds launching a couple of days ago and this oh uh, it's today like as of time of recording i think it's like at a 30 eth floor which is 
which is incredible. And I would have never expected this. Like, full disclosure, I expected, like, it's going to be, like, one of those uh, overhead projects. It's going to, like, go below mint price uh, very quickly. Yeah. And here we are. Like, I, I don't know anything. And I work in this space for, for for a year. And I consider myself, like, knowing a little bit about it. And it's um, it's it's also the beauty of it. Because you can never, like, you can never sleep. But at the same time, like, working on a project or working on, like, on multiple projects, it's also a like huge challenge to not be too distracted and keep mm-hmm. focus like you have to you have to have the long-term vision which um mm-hmm. is is at times very difficult because there's so much noise and so much stuff happening and a couple of weeks ago we had uh, we had tokens and we had like uh, token airdrops and uh, like every mm-hmm. everyone was doing like token airdrops and uh, anything around this and generating yield which is not being done right now at all so mm-hmm. um, it's really it's a space that is evolving super quickly and you have to find if you do something if you work in it you have to find the right people you have to keep an open mind with anything happening but at the same time like it's um, i think the key challenge is to to remain like uh, the your reason of being in the space and why like why you're in there and not just follow like mm-hmm. uh, the noise but keep a cool head and um, and remember like what made you actually enter the space mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point you, you said a lot of good things in there also i want to remind you that um like token airdrops. That wasn't a couple of weeks ago, man. That was like months ago. I know it feels. I know it feels like. <laughs> might have been, <laughs> I know time warps. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Uh, no, what but you're right. Like, even, but, but even even you know because I because my entry into crypto is like at first I didn't really know, I didn't know what NFTs were when I was like crypto curious. Let's say you know I had like whatever Canadian app you can use to like buy like a bit of Bitcoin, a bit of ETH, and then at the start of the pandemic I was like I'll start to learn a bit more about this, and I spent so much time like learning DeFi, and I was like okay. Okay, like I understand why there's money here, and I, you know, put some put some stuff into some yields, and I was I was early enough to get like the Uniswap airdrop, and I was like, cool. And then I discovered NFTs, but to me, it was still like NFTs are this little corner of the crypto market, and not really like going to take a time like a while to rise. And then what ended up happening is like even when NFTs started, and you know, people were like listening to the podcast and they were learning about Top Shot, and they're like, "Whoa, this is great!" LG, like, what else? What else in, in crypto should we know? Like, what other NFT projects you want to learn about? And I'd be like, "Oh, well, you know, there's there's Sandbox and there's Axie and there's other stuff to learn." But I was like, "Wait until you guys discover DeFi. DeFi is cool." And now it's like in the NFT world, it's like, "Fuck, forget <laughs> DeFi." Blech. You know, it's just like no one wants to do this like complicated <laughs> finance crap. They we've taken a few bits of DeFi and they've been applied to nfts for sure like staking but it's like forget like there's no like there's no point where all the the entire nft market will soon go to DeFi and start like lending on ave or anything it's like no 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 like that's never gonna happen (laughs) we're gonna stay here it's way more fun um and the other thing i want to mention too is that um i had so many mixed thoughts on moonbirds because you know, I had the same thought as you. I was like, it's going to be overhyped. And from a traditional standpoint, I was like, there isn't, you know, I, I understand who the founders are. But to me, I was like, that's still not, you know, that's not, yes. the reputation is not enough to, to to justify, you know, raising $75 million or whatever it was. But then somebody else in our, in First Mint, and we, you know, I had a lot of great debates in, in our Discord about this. Our newsletter writers act pretty much put it the best way to me, which is why I kind of, I kind of went on on it, is that, you know, the project has a really respected lead in Kevin Rose and who's also close with like every other type of like NFT test maker person. And that also he already has a huge following and has been known for like two decades. And it's not just known for being like this NFT shit poster person on Twitter. And also that he has like a, a previous little project that has done well so that that's enough in this space to kind of justify the hype and the price action. 
right? And that 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 was the most true thing that I've heard about it. And even just thinking that, you know, for a while I've told people, I was like, listen, what what something like Apes has done is proven that a project like that can go and be worth half a million dollars per per NFT on its own. And that means like in every type of business that there can be others who can do the same thing in probably a shorter amount of time. And now we're seeing that happen, right? It's not it's not anywhere near apes, but it's already flipped it's it's flipped every other popular PFP of like mutants and azuki and doodles and everything, right? So it's it's astonishing that 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 speeds up, right? It's like, wow, this yes, happened in a week. Right, so it's like, what's yes. the next project that comes along? That's going to happen instantly, right? It'll be an automatic. No, it's going to it's going to happen like, as well. Is that what's going to happen? happen? Like it's yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, and it's going to it's going to happen. Like it's the same with uh, with social media. Like the the measure of success mm. for social media was how how quickly can you get to one million users? And for like a platform like YouTube, it took weeks, and then another platform like uh, TikTok, it took like uh, I don't know a couple of days or something. And it's really it's all accelerating and it's going so fast. And um, it's it's happening as well with the with the in the NFT space. And um, just like before I talk about Moonbirds, like I I see like I see the value. That I get why people went in. I personally. I did not go in, and um, because I could not justify like the, the entry price, which was which is very high. Yeah. Um, but I'm very happy for everyone that is in it, and uh, I made the conscious decision not to not to do it. But it's you know you pick your battles, and um, like I'm very happy for everyone that is in there and was able to realize the gains. And uh, but um, I'm very like I'm also following it closely. So but I agree that like, there's going to be a project that nobody has heard of that is going to do that even quicker and everyone is going to be like I would have never thought this is possible and it's it's just going to happen and then there's going to be something a completely different trend that nobody has on his radar right now that is going to change the game again and uh, I think it's also it's it's great like because you don't you don't get to this routine and it's you don't get you don't get bored like end of the day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will I will disclose to you now Marcus that I am I am one of the lucky ones I did win the raffle and I minted last week and I'm holding. I'm, I'm just, very I'm just happy along for, for the ride. I'm very Thank happy you. For you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It's, I, it's I, been an interesting I, the camera, week. The camera is off. I'm very happy with you for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a blessing, man. I always tell people as well as like, listen, like we are people like say we're early, but I also tell people I'm like, listen, we're lucky. We are so freaking lucky that we yes, discovered yes. NFTs through whichever means you discovered NFTs, that you discovered it before the mainstream kind of has a somewhat negative view of it, or that just lucky that you're curious enough to have gotten into this, and that there are every week or every month new opportunities like that where you know you trust your gut a little bit or just have the right cash or be at the right place at the right time, and that this kind of stuff can happen. Like We are very, very, very lucky and very privileged to be doing this stuff right now. Um, and I always try and keep that, you know, keep that in mind whenever, yeah, I luck out like that. that. That's pure luck. I was, I was questioning the project the day before and then I won the raffle and now I'm in. Right. So I think it's just really important to, you know, I always tell people, I was like, listen, we're early, but we're also lucky to be here. Um, you know, and, and lucky to have found each other, lucky to have found this great community, all the different NFT communities and the, and the grander community. It's like, that's great. It's been nothing but a positive in my life to have that. And and I'm very appreciative of, of everything that it's that it's given me. I, I 100% agree. Like uh, just the fact that we found out like a random day, you find out about NFTs. And uh, now we're talking here on a podcast about this. It's for me, like I have days where this is just, it's it's still like, it feels surreal. Like it's it's like a, like a dream at times as well, because um mm-hmm. Also, for like, for like, not even, not even a year ago, I like, I like on the on a 
in a traditional sense, I like we founded a company, and um, we have uh, like we have very very popular investors, and we are building a game, and it's something like one and a half a year ago I would have never imagined that uh, I don't know that you see Steph Curry with the RKL beanie in a press conference. Like this is something for me. It's uh, it's still unbelievable. Yeah. Or you have like Paul George wearing our hoodies like to a walk and to a to a game. Which for me it's a mm -hmm. it's 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 crazy. And this is just a, it's just one example of the space that is so unpredictable and I, I just love it. Absolutely. I do let's let's jump over to gaming because I'll be a good kind of dovetail into talking about RumbleCon specifically. Gaming right now, you know, and like I've said, you know, even we see this like whenever whenever I see like a Facebook ad for like an NFT project, I always I always talk about this also in First Mint Discord. It's like it's fun to click on the comments because then you get to see uh, how the how normal people feel about NFTs and being put being forced ads on them and they don't they don't like that. Um, and gamers specifically is a place where I think a lot of us in NFTs are kind of confused as to why gamers don't like NFTs because it's literally like for gaming, it's literally going to completely revamp their um, the economic model of games and and help them retain more money, right? Like it's like it's literally designed to enhance the gaming experience, but. Every statistic you read, anytime you go on Reddit, people are like, man, fuck NFTs is stupid. Like, we'll never. Activision announces that they're going to do it and people freak out. You know, what wh What do you make of that? Like, why? First of all, like, as a as a gamer and, and or former hardcore gamer, like, why is that? Like, why is that happening? Um, and what is it going to take to for them to understand how great this could be for them? Uh, when it comes to the like the gaming side of things, like of course it's something working at the sandbox and working at RKL. Like it's a it's a key topic of what we look at on the daily basis. Like why uh, like why is the gaming audience not interested? Like why why are they not the same level of excitement as as, as you and me? Like working in the space, and um, I think one of the key feedbacks that we see or comments that we're seeing is that um, the gaming audience considers that like NFTs or token or play to earn doesn't end anything to like to the fun of gaming that they couldn't get from any game that does not have this component, which I think is part of like part of the reason is that the space is very like we are very early and it's really just about like proof of concepts and seeing like hey this is possible this is what we could do, but uh, taking taking Xie as an example like which is a game that uh, like I I love the team and like I'm following them closely. But um, the question is, how many people would play Axie if there would not be the financial incentive for them? Like everything that happened last year like in the Philippines and the, like the social phenomenon that Axie was, a big part of it was due to the financial incentive. And um, the gaming audience is really much about like gameplay first and having a good time and spending time in a game. And to date, there is no, they, like there is not really a game that is gameplay first in the web three and in the play to earn space. Like there is a, there's a big chunk that is really about like incentivizing through financial upside and uh, getting the, the audience like uh, engaged through like what is possible to earn tokens, to have play and earn, to have all of this. But if you would just have a, like the, the pure gameplay perspective, it's either something that the, the mainstream audience already has seen or where the level of like the, the quality is not there yet to be considered like triple A or anything like this. Which is a which is a very important topic for for Rumblecons because like when we are approaching this because we are um, we are a team of four co-founders and right now we are over 30 people working on the project but um, from our co-founders like we have a deep understanding and background in the gaming industry and how 
we approach it is that we want to, like, like on the paper, like on the outside, we want to build a 3v3 basketball game that is built on the blockchain. But um, we want to have something that is engaging even to someone that does not have a wallet or does not want a wallet or does not want to interact with NFTs. And we really see those multiple layers of engagement that we want to build a fun and a great game for. So like you love basketball, like you want to have a basketball game, I'm going to play a Rumble Kong League and I have a good time. And then you might find out, hey, actually there is, like there is a financial upside. There is something that I can engage through digital assets and something that I can trade and I can get a, I can get a Kong, I can get a different avatar. But um, this is, this is from a gaming perspective, like it's a secondary layer. Like first and foremost for us, it's like gameplay first. It's something that you log in, that you play, that you have a good time and you go back because you enjoy it. You love the sport, you love the gameplay, you love the community behind it. And then the whole Web3 NFT side is something that... Um, that for a lot of people will be the will be the primary reason to, to play the game, which is something that we want to get to and explain, hey, there is a financial upside and you can earn something through playing and you can have like ownership over all the assets and items. And uh, there's this whole like community building through clubs and everything around. But um, on a very basic level, we just want to have a we just want to have a good and fun game that you can even like spend time with if there would not be any like any token, any NFT with it. And it's really game. Man, yeah, I think there is the first like game that really gets this and clicks and uh, has something that we can put out there and get people excited just about like playing and earning something as yeah, that's as that's actually a really good point because I've always thought about it as like hey here's the utility of these games like don't you just want to you know convert what you're doing now into into these games but you're right it's like at the core the game has to be fun right and it's and it's even like I feel like there's such a fundamental disconnect between yes. us being like uh, we love NFTs and we've made all this money on NFTs. Don't gamers want to make money on NFTs? But it's like, no, the, the, the core of be, of playing video games is different than the core of being this like degen investor person. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not the same, like just because people love playing uh, COD or WoW or whatever else people are playing these days. It's like, doesn't mean that they want to be these like investor people. It's like, it, it, like, you know, what I've always found interesting about money, you know, and I've 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 had a few businesses now. Uh, this is the only one that's done well. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I've had a few businesses, and, and through that, I've had to learn a lot about like Canadian corporation laws and what you can write off and what you can consider dividends and like all these ways to save money for myself as, as just on taxes. And I try and tell other people about that. Then I'm like, hey, oh, you're making money this way. Like you know, you could actually do this and this and this to save yourself like ten thousand dollars a year. And a lot of people are like, no, I'm okay. I don't want to go to that trouble. And maybe that's like kind of the, the thing with gamers as well. Um, outside of some of the NFT games not being fun enough to live on their own without being a play to earn um, is also that it's like gamers just want a game. They don't, they don't really want to think about the value of their assets and having to do all this fun, crazy NFT staking crap. It's like they just they're just like, no, I just want to put on my headset go into COD and just play, you know, and just do that for hours on end and not, not think about, yes. it's like video games are not, don't have that level of complexity to them. And maybe they don't want that. Right. No. And from a gaming perspective, like you, you compete like for the most valuable resource in like in the world, which is time. 
like end of the day you want to have something that people enjoy doing and they work all day they just want to switch off and they want to have a good time and this is where where gaming comes in of course you have like all those other like secondary layers to it which is around like making friends social interactions like uh, competitiveness uh, there is a like of course you can you can earn money through it but uh, end of the day like you just want to have a good time and you want to have fun and um like it's it's what you explained and remember like look back at like getting your first nft or buying your first token like you have to like what is metamask like why do i have to go through an exchange like why do i have to send something from an exchange to my metamask like what is gas like why do i need gas like why do i have to pay for like spending something and it's it's still it's still very like the barrier of entry is still super high for someone that is not like super interested in this from the first place so why would they like, would they want to learn about this if they just want to have a good time and it's gonna it's gonna change and um, like the level of accessibility is gonna improve a lot and even on our side like we like at rumble Kongs, we think on a daily basis like how can we like if someone having a good time and he logs in and he he wants to play the game which is which is coming out this year But how can we then tell him like, hey, did you know actually like, you're having a good time? Like, how can we bring him to the next level and say like, did you know there's Kongs? Did you know mm -hmm. there's there's other there's other NFT collections? There's something that you can play, and there's a completely new layer to it, which they might not be part of, which is the part of any mm -hmm. video game. Like any like if you play Clash Royale, if you play like League of Legends, they're gonna tell you like, hey, you play the game, you're having a good time. Why not? check deeper into what is the matter of this universe? What is what can you do in the game? And um, I think. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of games and projects that are doing like a tremendous job and that they're building and like uh, like look at Illuvium or like Star Atlas and it's 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 like a super high level of polishing but end of the day it will come out it will come down to making a fun game that people enjoy and we know that for Rumble Kongs as well because like a lot of people like invested into the project initially because they expect a, like a good game and we know that and it's our like our key priority for this year is to ship a game that is good that is fun that people enjoy spending time in and this like that's it and anything else is an added bonus but we want to like we want to build a game that people enjoy coming back because then like from a company perspective everything as you know as well everything else will come automatically but you want to have people engaged you want to have like you want to give them a good experience and something that they're proud to be a part of and that's what we're trying to build from a web3 mindset by involving our community sharing work in progress like involving them on feedback like having like twitter spaces on like on a regular basis and just hearing mm -hmm. what their thoughts are and um it's a it's a very it's a it's a challenge because the space itself is very fast paced and the patience is uh, of course like on a different different mm -hmm. mindset versus like developing a game if you're in ubisoft if you're in ea or anything like this but um i think it's important to to always keep in mind that end of the day like you want to do a great game and then like if you have a if you have a good experience like the rest will come mm -hmm. automatically absolutely well let's let's talk real quick about rumble kongs then man that we've already i mean we've already heard a lot about it through through the show um you're in the top 100 traded collections on OpenSea all time which is astounding um <laughs> honestly given the, the the sheer volume of different projects that there are and you're up there with some really fantastic projects as well um and clearly more more volume to come Yeah, so uh, so I talked a little bit about it, but end of like on the outside, we are a 3v3 basketball game on the blockchain. That is uh, where your NFT is going to be the player on the court, which is going to be a Kong, uh, which is uh, which is a Kong. Like it's a, so our our value proposition is around like um, on a very basic level around having a fun game, which I was just talking about. But um, we're also trying to bring so much more to it through 
aspects that are outside of the game, which is like through community engagement, we are like launching something that is called clubs, which is giving everyone the opportunity to build their own brand in this space. And like uh, everyone like who doesn't want to own an, a basketball team. And we want to give this opportunity to anyone that then is going to be part of the, like this, this Rumble Kongs ecosystem. And it's going to be part of the game. And it's going to be like, you can have your branding in the, in the game that we're building and you can have sponsors and you can earn money and uh, really building your own franchise within the ecosystem that we're having. And um, we actually, first of all, we, we all in the team, we love basketball. We love, uh, like we love gaming. We love the space. But uh, one thing that we're very excited about, like as you as you can probably relate and being on this podcast is like basketball, like the beauty of it is that there are so many like cultures attached to it. Like if you think of basketball, like in the same thought, you can think about like music around fashion, about like, uh, I don't know, like skating, uh, streetwear, sneakers. And it's so it's such a like an like a brand or like a, like a sport really that has so much to it which we just want to bring like to this to the web3 space which is yes we want to do a basketball game but at the same time we also we also have a fashion line and we did a, we did merch drops and we have like a, we have a very high level of quality when it comes to our merch which i i personally think it's still the best quality merch out there which is really like it's good it's good uh, hoodies good uh, like good beanies good hats anything and um, we really want to bring basketball and sports in an authentic way to this space and giving everyone an entry to either like play basketball to develop your avatar to have a good time to meet communities to connect with people that you relate to and that you feel you you resonate with so in a sense that like, we also want to offer like the opportunity to, to do grassroots to build communities within the rkl which is already happening through clubs and um, we just want to bring this further by by like first of all giving everyone an opportunity to enter this space in a very easy way because um so i'm very like uh, like thank you for the nice words of the like the trading like the top 100 projects and everything but uh, at the same time like we also think as well like it goes back to being accessible and giving everyone an opportunity to entry and uh, we have like 10,000 kongs but we can't build a game that can be enjoyed by millions of players on 10,000 kongs so like we, we were thinking as well like how can we like if you own any nft how can we make you a player in the game like uh, can we do another collection that is um, that is not kongs but that can still enjoy the game and play the game and give you an opportunity to experience it like from a from a like primary uh, standpoint but um i like when my parents ask me what i'm doing for a living i say we're developing a game but uh, in reality i want to like build so much more around it and try to bring all those aspects that are around sports into the web3 space and give anyone an opportunity like hey if you love sports if you love any sports if you like competitiveness like teams you will find a safe space within the RKL and you're welcome. And that's what we want to build. I love that, man. I love that. So is there, where, where can people find the project? Like what should they, what should they be doing now if they're listening to you and they're like, fucking love Marcus and I want to, I want to get in on this project. What do they have? To, what do they go? <laughs> what do they have to do right now? So the best part, I think the most information is on Twitter, of course, like as a spoiler, like as always, <laughs> and uh, like follow us. It's at RumbleKongs. Um, we're also on Instagram where our handle is a little bit different. It's at the RumbleKongs. And um, then join our Discord. Like we have, a, like, of course, we have the basic models of uh, just like um, engaging with the community. But we also bring this a level deeper. Like we have our Twitter spaces that are on a biweekly basis. We have a community forum where anyone can say like, 
like, hey, I would like I would like to have this feature. I would think like you shared something on social media where I think like the the sneaker doesn't look like the sneaker that I that I have minted or that I have bought. And um, we really want to involve the community because like everyone is saying always like we do Web3 gaming. But if you would really do Web3 gaming, it's, you would give every decision right to the community. Like you decentralize all of it, which is very difficult from a gaming perspective. But uh, we're trying to get as close as we can to this and really involve the community. So follow us on Twitter, join the Discord, like uh, follow myself uh, on, on Twitter as well. Like I'm trying to share a little bit of things about the space what's going on but um but there's a lot of cool things happening so this year we have uh, we have the game of course coming out like we're gonna have the alpha which is going to have the first like uh, proper like play and earn around basketball like in a high quality fashion where you can where it's actually interactive and you can do something um we have like imminent right now is our club's release which is uh, our franchising approach of like uh, developing brands within Ooh. the rkl like, which is yeah. the rumble kong league where we're going to auction off the first 50 of 300 clubs that are that will be playing in the rumble kong league which is a which is a franchising approach and um instead of like doing this dutch auction high price point approach actually we're going a different route and we're starting like we're doing a more traditional auction where we're trying to keep the price point as accessible and doing also like a price discovery of um of a regular auction and then auctioning off 45 clubs and the price is going to be the 45th lowest price point so we're not gonna it's not for us about like um, making revenue on this but um, finding a price point that is fair for clubs and giving everyone that wants to an opportunity to enter this and then talking very briefly about clubs themselves like we're trying to also like innovate the space and doing something that hasn't been done before because like of course clubs are an nft but at the same time they are the team that is going to be branded in a video game that's going to have a logo that's going to have a name that's going to have a roster of 30 uh, kongs that are going to play for you you're going to have the opportunity to do merch drops like you're going to do your own branding we're going to do like drop shipping for physical merch that you can do for your for your club and a lot of things that you can see like NBA or like any other league teams doing right now, we want to give you the opportunity to do this in the Web3 space, like in a very accessible part. And uh, we see like what we want to have is that in a, in a like in a, in a year or two or like in five years that you really have those global brands that are part of RKL um, through basketball or through whatever. And that is really that is more than sports and it's lifestyle brands because you're like the people that are attached to it. That is uh, like the, the fashion that they have, the, the, the standing in the league that they have. Maybe they're very successful. Maybe they just have a very good social media presence. But we want to give everyone the opportunity to easily build their own brands in the space and uh, become become like a, a franchise owner or like become the um, become the the, the the wolves the warriors like really mm -hmm. like giving everyone an opportunity to build their own brand in the space nice. which is something that is not there right now and it's uh, it's it's might be confusing on the like on the on the ground like talking about it if you hear about it for the first time but uh, i recommend everyone like to just check our discord like discord join the community talk to people like we have a um, of course, every collection says that, that they have a very engaged community, but I think we're very lucky. You guys we, do, though. We when we, we, when we did it, Basketball yeah. and Blockchain Week, your, your community came out very, very hardcore. So I, I did like to see that. Uh, Marcus, we have to wrap up really quick because I have to do a Twitter yes. Spaces in like two seconds. But I can't end this without <laughs> playing the game that we play at the end of every single podcast, which is called Would You Rather... Okay. If you're ready, we're going to play it now where I give you like two options and you tell me which one you would rather. Okay. 
Okay, let's do it. Okay. Would you rather Eminem buys a Rumble Kong or Rihanna buys a Rumble Kong? Eminem. <laughs> no question asked. <laughs> okay. Okay. No re love. That's fine. Um, would you rather that Red Bull buy the entire Rumble Kong IP franchise brand, everything, the entire company, or the end? No matter what you say, it's going to be B. <laughs> and the, I don't want anyone to buy Rumble Kong. Oh, well, the other one was you have to choose if it's Red Bull that buys it or the NBA that buys it. So somebody is buying Rumble Kong. Ah. Ah, that's a tricky one because, like, it's it's against like we don't want to we don't want to have a centralization. We want to be decentralized. If I, if it's between those two, I think like uh, because of what we talked at the beginning, like Red Bull, they're just cool. Like, of course, NBA, like, it's, it's great, but uh, but Red Bull, you can you can do cool stuff that is like mm-hmm. uh, like very versatile. Oh, there you go. Okay, last one, last one. Would you rather that RKL becomes the number one all-time traded collection on OpenSea, but for that to happen, you have to participate in a daily WoW raid, or that RKL is known as the absolute best like play-to-earn game community. It's like you're on the cover of every magazine that they're like, wow, RKL, but every day you have to wake up and chug a liter of Red Bull. Hola, I'll take B. Like, yeah, it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> there you have it, folks. It. Like, this is this, the founder. This is what it's taking. Yeah. yeah, this is how committed this guy is that for this to be the best, he would chug a liter of Red Bull every morning. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Marcus, it's been, it's been great to have you, man. Yes, thank you for having me. Like I had a had a great conversation. Like as always, like always talking to you guys. Like I love what you're doing, and uh, like I'm very I'm, I'm I'm proud and honored to to be on this podcast as well. So thank you for having me and uh, spending a great moment with me. And that is going to do it for us today, folks. We got a busy week coming up this week in NFTs. Obviously, lots of crazy stuff going on out there. The blue chips of the apes, and of course, there's the NBA X NFT Association reveal as well as the all the in the rest of the sports NFT business. So stay tuned for more great content from the First Mint and we'll see you on the next show.